Hi, this is Ryan, and thank you for joining us here on I Missed It. We want to hear your opinions, too. You can find us over on Twitter at I Missed It Pod. Let us know if you're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer along with us, whether it's for the first time, like me, or the fifth time, like Brittany. This show would not exist as part of the Ghostlight Media Network without the support of our patrons. You can find the rest of the network shows over at ghostlightmedia.net. Please take a minute and rate and review this podcast and whatever podcatcher will let you. It really means a lot to us. That's all for now. Enjoy the show. Welcome to I Missed It, the podcast where we watch a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan and I missed it. I'm Brittany and I did not. And we are on Buffy Season 1, Episode 7, Angel. The IMDb summary simply says, Buffy discovers Angel's dark secret and hesitates to do anything about it, which could spell danger for someone she loves, which is the most... 90s teenage show summary and then the episode just it, it's not that at all no <laughs> not really not in the slightest um imdb does rate this episode pretty highly um i'm gonna give this one an eight and a half i put 9.3 9.3 i really like this episode that's, that's good um it's rated on imdb as an 8.6 which is the highest uh, so far of season one, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe remains the highest uh, until the finale of season one. The finale is higher. Gotcha. I really like this episode. It's not my favorite, favorite episode. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's my favorite of season one. It was good. I was enthralled. That's a good word for this. Yeah. Uh, for most of the episode. It was easily the best episode so far. Yeah. And we got a lot to uh, unpack here. Let's start with, well, the obvious. The first uh, segment here is there's an angel sighting. The whole episode is an angel sighting. This may be the end of this bit. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but uh, the entire episode is about angel, obviously. We finally get to learn more about him. We get some of the secrets to his past. We also get a lot of vampire lore, um, which I'm sure we're going to jump into, which is actually might have been the most interesting thing for me about this is the vampire lore and how some of it is very similar to established lore in just like other pop culture, but also how it's very different. Yeah. So what did you remember? I remembered a lot of it. There was quite a bit that I forgot I guess, mainly, um, I 1,000% forgot about that tattoo on his back. I'm pretty sure it goes away. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't last? Okay. <laughs> no. Which is funny because uh, that tattoo looks brand new. Yeah. It does well, not I look mean, like a 200-year-old tattoo. Well, his body doesn't change no, as but a the, vampire. The, no, but the ink would fade. That's true. Maybe he's just really persistent and... Gets it updated all the time? <laughs> yeah. Sure. I that's don't know. What, that's all vampires have to be concerned about when they're immortal demons. Yeah. 
Well, like, David Boreanaz doesn't have any tattoos at this point. Sure. This is 1997. Yeah. He gets one later, and I don't remember if they cover it up during Angel at all, but I know he has it during Bones. You can see it. It's just on the inside of his wrist. Oh, right. Well, he wore suits for most of Bones. Yeah. But you can you can always see it when he's drinking coffee. Ah, yes. <laughs> so one hundred percent forgot about that tattoo. I swear that Angel's age changes consistently throughout the entire thing, and not in a good way. Like they just they change it to fit whatever plot they need to. Yeah, because he's always over two hundred. But I swear he was like two hundred and thirty three, not two hundred and forty. Like, for some reason, 233 was the number that was sticking out to me. And then they said 240, and I was like, of course it's a round number. Well, yeah, that's easier to say (laughs) and easier to remember. Completely forgot. I remember that Darla died. I completely forgot that she died this early. Rip, Darla. (laughs) We hardly knew thee and barely missed thee. Yeah. Because she, like, disappeared for a while. It's like, at the beginning, they didn't have this big plot for her. And then they were like, oh, yeah, here's this ginormous plot. Yes, here's this ginormous... Here, the spinoff character that is one of the cornerstones of our franchise. Yeah, you're the one who turned him. Yep. And also... She's mom. Technically. uh, Yeah, well, vampire families are weird. They're weird. And... Was his love interest is the wrong word, but lo- uh, lover lo- lover for a long time, about two hundred and forty years. Okay, so there's a lot of other things about this episode I want to talk about too, but let's get the angel plot out of the way yeah. first. Let's just talk about that because that is what the episode's about. I think there's other more interesting things in this episode besides that. I love his backstory. But yes, yeah, so we get Angel's backstory mm-hmm. or parts of it at least. The reveal of hey, Angel's a vampire was extremely well done. Mm-hmm. It was very well done. It might have been the best shot so far. That's a heck of a commercial break. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're watching this live with commercials, as everyone would have been doing in 1997. Right. And you don't see this coming, you're, like, literally sitting or pacing in your living room or bedroom while the commercials are happening. Yeah, everybody's just losing their minds. Oh, my God, what happened? What just happened? Oh, my God. So we we find out that Angel's a vampire, um, and they sat on it for an entire six and a half episodes. So well done, Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. We get his backstory um, that he's uh, got turned about, what, 220 years ago then or so? Because he looks about 20. I think they said... It was it was two hundred and forty years ago when he was turned, so he's probably older than two hundred. Okay, so he's two hundred and forty in vampire years. Yes. So that would make him born roughly two hundred and sixty years before, which is the seventeen thirties. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that they were making history jokes the whole time, 
just as just this nice small little thing. Um, so that what they do is establish that um, vampires don't have souls. If you are um, that a vampire in this world is actually a demon possessing a human, essentially, which is wildly different from most other vampire lore. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a demon possessing a human. I would say that it's basically a demon inside of human. I don't. I maybe. Well, they kept using the word possess in the okay. episode. They kept gotcha. saying possess. I um, guess I missed that. Which was what stuck. It stuck out to me because that's not how you normally talk about vampires uh, as it being a possession thing. Usually, it's um, you think about. Um, like the underworld lore is that it's a virus, right? And the virus is transmitted via the bloodstream mm-hmm. like that. And that's how they got vampires and werewolves. Um, or you think about most other uh, like TTRPG games like Pathfinder or D&D or any of that stuff classify vampires as undead and not as demons. Like there's a usually a pretty big difference actually from a vampire and a demon categorically speaking i'm pretty sure that they frequently interchange that then because i remember um on buffy them talking specifically about vampires being undead okay well maybe they just use all the different terminology yeah. all the words maybe it just means everything and i'm that's actually the thing that i'm most excited about Mm-hmm. is how they treat vampire lore. There's so many different ways to do it, but they're doing it their own way, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. And then I'm going to guess that as they get later on in the series and they go, oh, we have to like make rules and establish them and then follow them on two shows and it all has to work. It'll change and the ter- maybe the terminology will get a little different. Yeah. Yes, because they specifically also talk about how um, vampires don't have any humanity. Right, which leads us to Angel's soul. Mm -hmm. So they talked about how he ate. Is that the word they use? They ate a girl? Yeah, I mean, he killed her. He killed and drank her blood. Yeah. Um, A 15-year-old. A Romani. A gypsy. Yeah, a Romani, a gypsy. And then he was cursed, and the curse was to restore his soul which is just, man, that is a baller move by that witch or gypsy, the, the gypsy. or whatever. Well, it's the a gypsy term. clan. Like, what, it's a whole clan. Right. But the, I don't know, we'll see what term they, if they give us a different term for what a gypsy witch is, or if that's just gypsy, or we'll see. I mean, but we'll meet one. <laughs> that was, She's that pretty was, badass. That was pretty good. Like, that's a, man, you must, you got to really know what you're doing to do that. Mm-hmm. They said that was how many years ago? Um, I think I think Giles said a hundred. I think Giles said he comes to the United. He, well, he comes to the U.S. or he comes to America a hundred years ago. So it, it would he it would be just over a hundred years okay. ago. So he's been living with this and dealing with this for a while. Yeah. I think Darla said something about a hundred years. Yeah, too. Because Giles said that he stopped killing people a hundred years ago when he came to america there was no record of him hunting and attacking humans in over in just over a hundred years also i want to just point out because it becomes really amusing later when they do flashbacks 
that um, Angel is Irish. Oh, okay. I didn't get that he was actually Irish. I thought that was just a place where they said they that he was. Nope. He's Irish. Oh, God. Can David Boreanaz do an Irish accent? No. Oh, okay. All right. I kind of saw that one coming. That's why I needed to point it out because uh, it becomes great. I guess, it, okay, after flashbacks. 240 years, you can lose your accent. Yes, that's fine. People do it all the time. He's been in, a, in America for 100 years. Yeah, so it would probably be gone at that point anyway. Oh, man, it's I'm not so looking great. forward to that. It's so great. It's so bad, but like a good bad. Because it's something to look forward to in flashbacks. Season 2 is very, very good, and it's very angel-heavy. I'm excited to see what the show starts to look like with a budget, because this is a mid-season 12-episode replacement, and while um, they never have a huge budget, mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, they're not. this isn't Fox money. But... They don't blow up an entire house like they do at the end of Charmed. <laughs> well, that's just one way to get rid of a set. Well... I lo- they don't blow up a house. I shouldn't have said that because that's a lie. They don't blow up a house. They d- I think I don't remember if they get their budget next season or if they get their budget season three. Okay. Because um, they they do have a budget season three. You can tell a huge difference in lighting specifically. Thank God. Jeez, please, please start lighting this show well. Season. I'm it was pretty- better. Yeah. It was better in this episode. Yeah. Um, but they also spent a lot of a lot of the time in the darkness was inside. When As, looking so, out Buffy's window that you could tell was a film set. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bright outside for being nighttime. <laughs> right. Crazy how that works. It's almost like there's another set over there. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure their budget comes in. If it doesn't come in next season, then it's season three. All right, so moving on from Angel for the moment. So we have um, the, our very first previously on Buffy. Mm-hmm. It took them seven episodes to get to that, and it was not a good montage. It was just a bunch of po- poorly lit, shadowy scenes. Yeah. To remind you that they spend a lot of time outside, in case you had forgotten. Um, and then we do then get the opening montage, which, which felt backwards to me. It felt like they should have done it the other way around. Do the opening montage... Hey, well, help, welcome back. You're going to watch Buffy. Then do the previously on Buffy. And then jump into the episode. It just felt backwards to me. The way they did it. I can I can see that, but I also see the opposite way as well. Sure. Like, I feel like both ways I think if they work. did it now, it would automatically be the opposite way. Gotcha. Well, they wouldn't even have the opening montage. No. Nowadays. Uh, and then we immediately get a Voldemort sighting. Voldemort's back, and he's got Death Eaters now. <laughs> I put that these vampires have armor. What? And then Giles explained it. Yes. So these vampires have armor, and Buffy can't kill them. Not by herself. Not by herself. And then Angel shows up, and they get away. Yeah. They so and then Giles goes through does all of this work to establish all of this lore about the three, 
And then... That took him six hours to figure out. That took him six hours, which... Okay, we'll get back to that. And then they jump forward, jump forward like 20 minutes into the episode, and Darla has a throwaway line about how she just killed all three of them. Yeah, because the master told told her to. Right, but they do all of this work setting them all up as these incredible uh, warriors who've done all of these things, and then the Slayer can't kill them on her own, and oh my gosh, the tide might be turning and everything, and then, oh, no, they screwed up. All right, hey, you uh, uh, blonde vamp, please go kill these people now. Cool, great, done. Oh, and it's going to happen off screen. Oh, no, she did it on screen. She killed one of them on screen, and then you just hear the other two die because he's talking to the anointed one. They just spent all of this time. They're like, hey, look at all these yeah. cool stuff. Which is kind of turned into a thing that they do every episode. Yeah. Which makes me care less. Yeah. Well, because they have to explain their research in some way. Because that's what Giles and Willow do. They research. Yeah, that's a large part of their characters is that they know things or find things. Yeah. Because we don't have Willow actually being willow yet once she becomes more willow she becomes a lot more interesting and it's less of her researching than it is shout out to the guy playing hacky sack in the quad Oh, yeah. Right before they go to the library, there's a establishing shot of the guy playing hacky sack in the quad, and it was great. Right before they go to the library, which has a sign that says, the library's closed for filing. Please come back tomorrow. (laughs) Yes, because filing's going to take all day. (laughs) That was pretty good. Never mind the fact that they have a computer system for filing. Yeah. And it's a school. (laughs) And it's a school. You kind of need to be able to use the library. Uh, Buffy suddenly lacks bangs. No more bangs. I wonder if they'll come back in an episode that's not as sexual. Because as soon as they get rid of her bangs, you're like, oh, you're 20-something. Yeah. We can talk about sex now. Can we talk about, for a second, how quickly this show changes tonally like you go from one scene where it's oh my gosh we're talking about boys look we're teenagers to hey we're probably about to get it on on this bed and it's very the talk is very sex heavy and the innuendos are everywhere doesn't that every teen show though that's not on disney channel or nickelodeon (laughs) Probably, but it, I don't know. It just, it just, it's jarring almost how quickly it goes back and forth because it very quickly goes, oh man, they're going to get it on. And then she starts ranting about her diary and she's 14 again. And it's like, ooh, maybe she's 14 and they shouldn't have sex. And then changes again very quickly. Angel says something and then Buffy says something and it's like, oh, never mind. They're 20 somethings again. And it's fine. Yeah. I think that just happens in every, like, teen drama, because I'm specifically thinking of, like, One Tree Hill. (laughs) Oh, they had a lot of sex in One Tree Hill. I mean, they do, yes. Yeah. But also, especially later on, 
where they're they'll talk about something and you're like oh yeah this is a teen drama and then like five minutes later somebody's like mugged and somebody beats the crap out of them and they're having this emotional scene and you're like oh yeah one you're an actor but you're also like 25 right because why would you get a 16 year old to play a 16 year old i mean if you can get a 16 year old or you can get sophia bush you're gonna hire sophia bush anyway back to buffy I was a little disappointed in the backslide that Xander took for character development. Mm-hmm. Because last episode was the, in case you, you dear listener, have forgotten, was the hyena possession episode. <laughs> <clears throat> Let me say that again. The hyena possession episode. Talk about jarring changes. <laughs> Right, but at the end of it, it really of that episode, it really felt like Xander had learned something, like he had matured, and there was that whole little bit where he asks Buffy if he did anything weird or anything else, and she, um, and she says no. She she lies to him and says no, nothing else weird happens, and so it feels like they're all moving past the weird Xander Buffy crush situation. And it feels like they're moving past that, and Xander does remember, yeah. and he's trying to get past it and get over it and move on, and then Xander's entire character for this episode is just blatant jealousy. Yeah. I don't remember, to be honest, when they move past that. It feels like they don't know what to do with Xander yeah. often. Like, he just kind of has to be there so that there's a teenage boy that's not Angel. Because Angel's not a teenage boy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things with Xander have to do with specific episodes. Like, he's kind of this throwaway side character. Unless they give him an episode and they give him something to do. Yes. That That is a good description, I think. Because... Being, it, being the person who has seen all seven episodes so far. Yes, yeah. I agree with that description. Yeah. I, can't, I don't remember exactly even when... That's a lie. I do. I do. Re- I don't remember when exactly it is, but I do remember what happens to get rid of that. Sure, but and that's I, I, one it, of those. And it has to happen eventually because there's seven seasons of yeah. this. But that is kind of a major spoiler that I'm not going to tell anyone because it's also kind of my favorite storyline. Okay, <laughs> it's a really good storyline. I should say it's really interesting. It's not necessarily like good. But it's interesting. A couple other things I have written down. Um, I love the uh, promotion that the Bronze is running. Uh, The Bronze being the bar? Dance club? Whatever. Uh, Kill a cockroach, get a free drink. <laughs> I love it. And then at the end, they said they got more resistant cockroaches now, or something. I was like, oh, this is this is not important, but it's good. It's a it's a really good yeah. joke. Because Willow made the comment that it's an annual thing that they have their fumigation party once a year, which is a problem. You think that they would just shut them down? <laughs> right. Well, it's a dance club for teenagers. Teenagers until they're no longer teenagers, and then they still go. Right, because it's recognizable. I would like to point out Angel's penguin slide down Buffy's roof. 
<laughs> it was uh, less than graceful. It was really funny. <laughs> it was less than graceful. However, I will say I I was very impressed with the throwing Angel out of the window shot. Oh, yeah. That was really well done. She um, does that a lot. Not necessarily with Angel, but like I mean, in general. It's breaking glass is dramatic. But that was, like a re- that was really good. That was really good. The rest of the fighting, not great still. Mm-hmm. And fight sound effects really felt like overkill this time because parts of the fighting looked good, but then they added these very cartoony sounding effects over top of it that just ruins it. It was like, come on, guys. You're trying to do this, like, I mean, it's still it's still vampire, so it's always going to be fantasy, but you're trying to do a realistic show why do we have cartoon sound effects yeah well this was the first time angel fought this is the first time we've seen him fight oh that's right yeah we haven't actually seen angel fight Mm -mm. that was the first time when he fought the three yeah and it was a good like it was the fight was good it had good elements to it it was convincing it had rising and falling and told a story it was good and believable but those sound effects. Yeah. David Boreanaz's stunt double is very good. Plus, I mean, he completely screws up his knee. Well, one, he screwed it up because of hockey, but he screws it up more because he does a lot of his own stuff. I know it's kind of become a cliche for an actor to do their own stunts, but I kind of respect an actor a little bit more that does their own stunts or their own fights or at least some mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, because they also pull it back. In seasons four and five of Angel because he screws up his knee again. Gotcha. I need to point out Buffy goes angel hunting in a sparkly blue shirt. Because, of course, she does. Yeah. Because why wouldn't she? Oh, God, I hated it. Because they made it a point that she had, like, I don't know, if they they were, like, black, almost, like, knee-high leather boots, and she had the black pants, Mm -hmm. right? And it looked like she was, like, this super sneaky person, Uh, and then she's got this blue sparkly shirt, and any time the light catches her, it shimmers. Like, that's a really nice shirt. Why are you wearing this to hunt a vampire? You know. Go back to the last episode and get your very bad robber beanie back. Where's that (laughs) one? We know you have it. Yeah. What else do you have there? Is this the first time that they actually show us a vampire changing on camera? Like going from one face to another on camera? Because a lot of the times they're either already there or they turn into it and you don't actually see it. I think they might have done it once in the pilot. Okay. I think they might have done it the very, very first time we saw the vampire change. Okay. Well, that would have been Darla. I don't remember. It might have been Darla. That would have been Darla because she bites that dude from NCS. No, CSI New York, whatever. One of the CSIs. (laughs) But they show Angel change. Yes. They cha- they show his vampire face go to his human face. Right, which is good film technique. It's very CGI and, and you can it's still CGI see it. and you can but, see it. But it's, I mean, it's 1997. Nobody else is doing this. No. Not on TV. 
But they also needed to establish the whole Angelus, the one with the angelic face, which I think they do really, really well with actually showing him going from a vampire to his person face. His person face. (laughs) His human face. His non-Whoville face. Because even as a vampire, I feel like Angel looks the best out of everybody that they've shown as a vampire. And I think that's the point. Yeah, that's purposeful. Um, I I mean, Voldemort ugly. Yes, but he's supposed to be because he's like one of the oldest vampires. Voldemort ugly. Darla in vampire form. She's creepy AF. She's creepy, but that... Darla looks fine. Vampire Darla looks like she's wearing a real bad wig, which doesn't make any yeah, sense. It's because at of all. the bangs, I think, because they have to move her bangs up to show. So you have to show the the ridges on the forehead. Yeah, so her bangs are like moved up farther. It looks like a bad wig. Yeah, so she might be wearing a wig to sh- to establish that. A couple things about, like, what would be different today. Mm-hmm. Like, today, if Giles came to visit Joyce in the hospital and oh, she'd God. never met him before. Oh, God, you can't do she that. She would be so freaked out. Right? She would not go, oh, that's so nice. The teachers here are so nice. Right? No. No. <laughs> no, this is weird and wrong. If you've never met them before, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> Like, if you're close with them, I get it. Like, later, Joyce and Giles would make sense for him to come visit her in the hospital. Yeah. But not right now. So strange. It wouldn't be done that way. Um, You wouldn't wouldn't have that cockroach joke. No. Which is a shame. It was a good joke. I also put that um, I highly doubt that they would use guns now if they did that same scene with Buffy and oh we didn't even talk about that oh god I got huge because it's uncomfortable like I felt uncomfortable when Darla pulled guns yeah it felt tonally wrong for the show I loved it they pulled out the guns and I immediately went oh this show is completely off the rails I'm on board let's do this let's go I don't think I've actually said this yet Um, my favorite uh, vampire uh, shows, films, whatever, um, is Underworld, the Underworld film series with Kate Beckinsale. I've actually only, I've seen only parts of that. I don't think I've ever watched the whole thing. Yeah, well, there's five movies now. Yeah. Very, very different from this, but for yeah. me, that's Vampire. So the, the, the guns is normal for me. Gotcha. Or, uh, or a Blade, right? Like, guns are normal. Yes. With vampires. Um, I've seen Blade. Well, uh, I've at least seen the third one. It Brian was Wilson. funny how quickly they uh, Darla pulled out the guns and then like the next line was, bullets don't kill vampires. Yeah, because she shot Angel. Well, because she shot Angel, yeah. <laughs> but they were very quick to be like, hey, look, we got guns now. And they went, hold on, this is how they work in this world. Okay, go. Yeah, well, I, I felt like Julie Benz as Darla like delivered that part very well. Mm-hmm. Like she had it and she looked... Like a badass. And yeah, it, it was very Underworld. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Underworld. Yeah. 
she looked like a badass, but and she delivered her lines like a pro. Like it, it was yep. very the way she did it was very good. I was just I don't know. I don't think that happens again in Buffy. But Bones. also, yeah. But you also have to remember that this is pre, even pre-Columbine. Yeah, this is pre-Columbine. This is pre-9-11. This yeah. Is, we live in a very, very different world now. Yes, um, because there's an episode that specifically was supposed to air the week after Columbine happened that has to do with the school shooting and Joss Whedon pulled it. It's in season three. Is it? release now do we yes i'm pretty sure that he released it later because it didn't need to be established in a specific order okay because it's kind of just its own episode well we'll get to that eventually but that's that's interesting yeah um Um, but yeah i they wouldn't use guns now i don't think in that scene no in that scene now i don't think so it does make a lot of sense Logically, yeah, because, because it doesn't kill vampires, but it doesn't kill, kill vampires. You just want to punish Angel, but kill Buffy. Then yeah, use guns. Exactly. It's strange when guns are the answer for a, a, a scene or a plot device. Yeah, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't feel right in Buffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, shout out uh, to Darla's inconsistent southern accent. I think that has to do with her teeth. It's probably her teeth. <laughs> um, but she pulled the guns and then immediately fell into a drawl like it came out. But it kept coming back and forth in I'm, and out. And I was like, okay, that happened. Probably has to do with her fangs because I they're still hard. it's still hard for them to talk. Well, yeah. I mean, their mouth is full of fake plastic. Yeah. Or resin and whatever else those are made out of. Like, you can literally see when David Boreanaz is in the vampire face, him concentrating so hard on speaking and enunciating. It looks like he has to work (laughs) really, really hard at it. Uh, Well, it changes the shape of their mouth. Yeah. They can't close it all the way. Right, which is interesting. I'm sure they get better as the show goes on. I'm pretty sure they do. Especially when some characters spend, like, episodes in that face. They never get to their person face at all. All right, I think the only two things that I wrote down that we haven't touched on is um, uh, they do go out of their way to establish Giles doing copious amounts of research to, (sighs) to just have the lore and the exposition to spout off. Um, yeah. Which I appreciate. They didn't have to do it, but they did, which was which was nice. It was very much a fourth wall break of, yes, we know, here's an answer. Yeah. We all good? Okay, moving on. So I appreciated that. And then, I don't think we've actually said this, but Angel can't and won't eat fresh blood anymore. Correct. Which is a huge point. He can, he won't. Okay. Because of his um, humanity and the fact that he now has empathy because apparently if you don't have a soul, that means you lack empathy. And with his soul, his empathy and remorse is back. They talk later about how when he got his soul back, he was like in the worst state of depression. Because, you know, when he first became a vampire, he killed his entire family. Yeah, he killed a lot of people. He killed a lot of people. Like they <laughs> talk a lot 
about how he was probably the worst vampire to ever exist. Like, Angelus is terrible. Can I just say that Angel is way more interesting than Buffy? Yes. Easily. I'm going to give a really unpopular opinion and probably get a lot of crap from women specifically, but I hate Buffy. Really? I do not like that character at all. No? No, it took years of having to watch Sarah Michelle Gellar and other things to even like Sarah Michelle Gellar as a person. Ah. I do not like the character of Buffy. Well, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Coming in with a hot take. Yeah. Super unpopular opinion, I'm sure. But I... Well, there you go. I would much rather watch every other character on that show. I don't not like Buffy so far. She's whiny and indecisive, and I don't like it. It feels like I'm waiting for Sarah Michelle Gellar to figure out how to play Buffy, and I want to give her that time mm-hmm. and give her enough episodes. I don't know what that number is, but it feels like she's still figuring it out, and it feels like the writers are still figuring it out, and they don't totally know what to do with it. Yeah, um, it kind of feels like that way with everyone, except, well, including Angel, but. They have everything, well, not probably not everything, but they have a lot of Angel already determined. It feels like Joss Whedon wanted to tell the Angel story and did it through the conduit of Buffy. Yeah, and then he gets his Angel story. Yes, and then he gets his Angel story. And that sounds like a good time to move on to uh, Ryan predicts poorly. I predict we will not see Angel for three episodes. Maybe. Three episodes is what I'm saying. Three more episodes without an angel sighting. Um, But we may still see his leather jacket because maybe that's still in Buffy's room somewhere. Yes. I did want to give my quick whatever segment that is of background characters. Oh, yes. Our favorite background characters. Well, they're not necessarily background characters, but um, I would like someone to show me a better duo than the master and the anointed one. (laughs) Because that scene at the end... With them was awesome. Oh, when uh, Voldemort took uh, young Harry under his wing, and young Harry was like, no, we will kill them all. Basically. And, and Voldemort was like, yes, tiny child Cause he was, knows everything. <laughs> he was so upset that Darla died, because she's he, his favorite. He was so upset. And then he was like, and then the anointed one was like, whoa, calm down. So that's everything for episode seven uh, of Buffy, called Angel. Not to be confused with the TV show. It would be really... I don't think this is true, but it would be really funny if episode 7 of season 1 of Angel is called Buffy. Okay, I'm going to look that up now. Because <laughs> I don't think it is, though. That would be... That would be pro-level trolling. It would be great. I don't think that that's true, though. No, actually, uh, Angel season 1 episode 7 is entitled The Bachelor Party. Oh, good. I like that episode. That one's fun. So not... (laughs) That one's fun. Not Buffy. Well, that's it for this episode of I Missed It. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget, make sure your jewelry doesn't burn someone else's chest. That's a no-no zone. No. That's the best I got. That was a weird moment in the show. 
and it was the last moment of the show. I don't know. It was a good moment. It was a good moment. It just didn't really make sense. And now the music's fading out. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.